Welcome to Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head rent-free. This is episode 90, I'm Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Hey, so this is our our big time favorite, second week of the month, the Code of Honor. Code of Honor, hey, excellent. Yeah. Ooh, Word, yeah. Words of wisdom. Um, so listen, Sometimes ours, sometimes others. <laughs> I think we do a little both. Yeah. <laughs> I would say probably most of the time we're we're taking advantage of the wisdom of others. Yes, we. I like to think that we stand on the shoulders of giants. Well, you know, this is our most downloaded theme. Yes, yeah, yes. We, Generally speaking, this is the one that get, gets the most hits. Yeah, we love that. And uh, listeners, you're probably familiar by now with the format. Um, Franciscus Humanitatus yes. will go, uh, and I will go first, uh-huh. and then Robertus Malleus will will tie it all together and, and go hammer it home. and hammer it home. And yes, we have taken to giving ourselves Latinized versions of our noms to pod: uh, Robertus Malleus, Franciscus Humanitatus, and Martinus Gentis. Right. And why? Because we because can. We can. <laughs> because we can. Why not? Why not? Latin is always cool, folks. That's right. All right. So, uh, Franciscus, you, would you, you like to... You want me to go first? Okay. Or I can if, if I you don't mind. I, uh, this is one... Usually, I, I, I know you guys have a large repository of stuff you've already plopped in so you can pull from it. I, I did that and I ran out long ago and I haven't added anything back. The last few times, something has always t- pinged me in the head before I get here. Uh, this time I had nothing. I had no, no idea where I was going to go. So I said, okay, it's time to just start foraging, as they say. And I did, and I because I always want to be fresh. You guys know that. Something that's not the same, something very different. And I'm actually stealing this time from somebody we've never quoted, mm-hmm. but is eminently quotable, and you all know him. It's Oscar Wilde. <laughs> oh, excellent. <laughs> well, duh. It makes some sense. I mean, my gosh, this guy here had it when it came to those quotations. You know, he's one of those guys that... Could easily go into our pop culture, uh, even though he's over a hundred years past. Yeah, uh, or our heroes. I think, and perhaps that's something we should consider doing because uh, he was amazing. I mean, you starred in uh, you know the importance of being earnest back yeah. in college, yes. yeah, and uh, which is still one of the best plays ever to be. It performed. is. A, it is one of those. It, it is a in the in the tradition of Shakespeare and mm-hmm. the the. Uh, Misidentification, right? Yeah, uh, which is it's an old trope, but he does it really well. Well, it wasn't old when he did it. <laughs> well, I guess well, it was. No, I, I guess mean, it's still been, yeah, yeah. been out there for a long time. But then. you know, it's he still he still made it fresh. I mean, Wilde is one of the great geniuses uh, of the world, and it's just kind of with that in mind. When I saw his name next to this, I said, "Yeah, this is work because it's something we've never talked about." And as usual, he nails it straight on. And I'll give you the quotation: "Life is never fair." And perhaps that's a good thing for most of us that it is not. <laughs> yes, that's very... Oh, you know what? That could have been a Chesterton quote, too. It could have been. Yes, yes. that's right. But uh, yeah. Wilde got to it he first. He would have been a little bit more flowery, I think. But uh, yeah, that's a really good quote. Life is not fair, and perhaps it's a good thing for most of us. That's exactly right. My God, there's truth in that. Yeah. Isn't it, though? Yeah. Yes. People uh, don't want to get what they really deserve. No. <laughs> we want other people to get what they deserve. Yes. But not us. Not us. That's no, correct. No. And uh, Wilde is pointing that out very clearly, saying, you know, you're, it's kind of like, be careful what you wish for, you may get it. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I, I love that quote because I used a version of that, essentially, 
uh, in a homily I did a few years ago. Um, it was the, uh, the, the gospel reading where the, uh, the Pharisee is at the, the front uh, praying loudly. Oh, yeah, thank God I'm not like other people. Yes. yes. And then the tax collectors in the back, you know, have mercy on me, a sinner. Oh, that's a great one to Beating his on. breast. Yes. It, it, it's great. It's rich material. But my point about that was essentially the, uh, the Pharisee wanted justice. Yeah. Because he was uh, made just by the law, mm-hmm. which is very unforgiving. Whereas the tax collector, all he wanted was mercy. Yes. <laughs> I'll take mercy every day of the week of right. justice. Oh, yes. Wouldn't we, though? Yes. Yeah. Because and just, that's essentially the same thing. It's a justice, much funnier way of saying yeah. Yeah. Justice is unforgiving sometimes. Yes. Uh, certainly legalistic justice. If we understand the Roman mentality of justice, true justice should be blind and it should be uh, filled with, you know, exactly what we need to get but not necessarily what we deserve yes and that's very much a a church way of looking at justice too justice should be about um, making good what is wrong that's that's exactly what i'm trying to spit out to being punishment punitive yeah that's right uh you know we talked about uh i don't know if you were in the room when we we were talking about that no you weren't because what is the purpose of canon law yeah Salvation, salvation of souls. Of souls. That's right. And that's what most people don't get. It's all about the salvation of souls. That's why you can uh, modify the law, the application of the law, uh, for temporarily, in, or, temporarily or, even or even for individual circumstances, because otherwise, just if justice is as simple as a rule book, there ain't no justice. That's John Picard, of course. We've done it. We've done that one before. It's kind of the same thing yes. here. Is you don't really want what you deserve, right? Because and, and laws aren't always just. No, no. Laws aren't always good. They should be sort of neutral in application. I like the Roman way of looking at law. I do, I do too, yes. Um, It's not workable in many ways uh, as a a pure system, but the Roman ideal, uh, law is, you set the ideal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Traffic law is the great way to look at this. If you've ever been to Rome, you'll realize this immediately. So obviously I I went there a couple of years ago, uh, three years ago with a wife. Best trip ever. And when you drive there, they've got lines painted on the roads just like we do. They are, apparently they are for decoration. (laughs) Because where you have three lanes painted, Mm -hmm. you have five lanes of traffic. And there are no rules on the road. They are all suggestions. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there's nobody. Don't crash and don't hit anybody. And that's about it, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, essentially. Uh, but I mean, Everything you set the ideal game. knowing that's what you shoot for is my point. Mm-hmm. Ideally, yes, that's what we we live up to. We know we're going to fall short. And the law should be for corrective action as opposed to punitive. And that's the ideal. And it's not, but I also recognize it's not workable in all cases. Well, in the American society in particular, I'm not so sure that we think that way. No, we don't. Yeah. Uh, as I was trying to be kind, pastor, but uh, put it, you know, we are far too. Um, uh, oh shoot, um, Calvinistic in well, our yeah. outlook of things. Well, and, we demand vengeance first. Yes, and that's and that, vengeance that, has nothing to do with justice. Absolutely, and that's something that we do not get. I mean, we we, we should. You'd think we were smarter than that, but we're not. It's all about. Whenever you hear the word justice, almost always, when it, especially if it's told with any real uh, 
fervor. It's vengeance. It's almost always vengeance. And yeah. that's I understand it's it's not easy to relegate your high emotions in certain circumstances, depending on especially if you're talking about terrible things happening. But justice can't be about vengeance, folks. It can't be. It mustn't be because of what Oscar Wilde said. You know, you don't really want what you deserve. <laughs> right. Uh, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. I take that one as, as exceptionally gospel. I mean, yes. yes, it's completely gospel because it's in the gospels, but that's a pun yes. there. Uh, but I, I believe that because I don't want, I do not want doled out to me in equal measure what I would have doled out to others. And I like to think I'm a pretty merciful guy most of the time. I would like to think I am, but I know I'm not. I, well, I'm not perfect at it. Well, because the, I, I the initial be. emotional reaction, there's nothing wrong with that. It's when you try, because of course we do that. You know, we, we are incensed when we see grave, terrible things happening. But we don't make applications of justice willy-nilly or knee-jerk. They right. should, they are, we have a system that works itself through and supposedly uh, equ- equanimity rules in the end. Uh, society is protected, and I understand that one. That's a big one. Yes. You, you have to protect society and all that stuff. But vengeance for itself, that's why I'm against the death penalty. Because that's all it is, is vengeance. That, that's the thing, after becoming Catholic, that was what turned me against the death penalty, was the realization that it is vengeance. It's all it is. It, it's very rarely applied as a way to protect society. Not in modern times. Because in modern times, it's too easy to protect society. Mm-hmm. Otherwise. From killers and the most vile of, of human beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that's not to say that, you know, in the middle of a zombie apocalypse and you've got a mass murderer, you know, maybe you do put a bullet in his head because it's the only way to protect society because you can't... Well, the Old West is an easy example of that. Thank you, Clint Eastwood and Hang Em High, because they talk a lot about that, is that society didn't have a way at the time to house capital crimes, murderers. And as we've talked before in our Civil War episodes, you've got thousands upon thousands of hardened killers who are taught to do these terrible, awful things turned loose out west where, you know, the, the gun was the only rule. Well, they got to play out their PTSD there. That's exactly right. And the people out there suffered. And there was no other way to deal with them except through capital punishment. Uh, we've come a long way, baby, since then. Martin, you've been awful silent. Oh, no, I, I love this discussion. It's a very interesting Um you know, it just it always makes me think of these concepts, uh, karma and, you know, pop concepts of people out there with the, like pop psychology type things. Mm-hmm. Yet, to be serious about it, you really got to be much more rooted in real philosophy. Yes, you yes. do. Yeah. You have to really think through these things and... I think that's, you know, when you talk about judges uh, it, in the U.S., of course, you, you talk about judicial temperament and you talk about knowledge of the law and you mm-hmm. talk about their grounding and, you know, it's... Well, yeah. You don't just... Trust me, you don't want to put somebody with knee-jerk tendencies on the bench. Uh, that's it's kind of an obvious yeah. one. Well, you know, when it comes to civil and criminal law... Uh, there's a, such a fine line to walk when you when you want to talk about that kind of justice because, on the one hand, I don't know that I want a you know the mandated penalties for all cases that you know you there's, have to prescribe this. There's no justice there. 
That's and just on the other hand, I don't know that I want everything to be totally up to the judge because then it's too willy nilly, and yeah. you don't. Ha- then you are really opening yourself up to uh, all kinds of judicial misadventures, mm-hmm. charges, uh, favoritism, racism. Uh, sexism, yes. yeah, all and that sort of thing. Definitely, you could definitely find the racism would creep in, or at least a charge of it would, um, and that's, um, you know, that's that's played out in the history of, of sentencing, at least in the federal system, you know, because oh, definitely the state system, yeah. State level, I'm um, sure. There's the, uh, the uh, sentencing guidelines in the federal system. Uh, listeners, you can look these up. Uh, but the federal sentencing guidelines are an attempt to do just that, normalize sentencings and get rid of variations when the crimes are similar. When you don't have a judge in Ohio sentencing every bank robber to 100 years and a judge in California sentencing every bank robber to 20 years. It was an attempt to normalize all that. And then, guess what? Uh, it, a defendant sued, and it became instead of mandatory, the sentencing guidelines became advisory. For that very reason, in that, you know, you're taking some discretion away from a judge to then say, well, okay, but there are some mitigating circumstances to this crime that aren't accounted for in mandatory guidelines. Right. Well, and the law can't account for every right. Uh, crime that, or even event, let's put it that way, yeah. that may come up that needs some sort of adjudication. Yeah. It's impossible. And and then when you when you combine in then also mandatory minimums, which yes. became kind of very infamous where especially for drug crimes there became these very harsh mandatory minimums. And three strikes and you're out. Yeah. And so criminal justice reform is a, a very potent topic. Um you know, it's been taken on by uh, presidential administrations over the last few years. So, yeah. So, repeat your uh, quote again, so I want to make sure I have this right. All right. It is uh, from Oscar Wilde, of course, as we said. Uh, Life is never fair. Life is never fair, yes. Okay. And perhaps it is a good thing for most of us that it is not. Yeah. See, I think... I think you can apply that very well to the to, to what you were just talking about yeah. because um, on the one hand, yes, you do want to have standards, but on the other hand, you know, you're, if you're talking about a 17 year old kid that got duped into driving the getaway car, and somebody is shot during the 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 robbery, he is now part of the uh, charge for 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 murder, mm-hmm. right? Even though he wasn't around, didn't know what was going on, didn't even have a weapon. And, you know, that's maybe an extreme example, but that's how you build the law, is on those extreme right. examples. And that's how you, you would build then into some notion of, well, what's fair in sentencing? What, what normalizes sentencings across a, a large judicial structure like the federal judiciary? Right. Um, where you have all these, the circuits, 11 separate circuits that all have their own standards and uh, litigation that goes on to determine those standards. So, well, pretty good, pretty good, man. Thank you. I thought after a while was a great choice. Yeah, that was a great quote. I really like that one. That's got philosophical teeth. 
Well, that's, yes. thank you. That, well, that, I'll take that one because I chose it. Yes. <laughs> I didn't make uh, the quote. That's a good but... way to frame it. Philosophical teeth. Oh, sorry. Yes. So, so that leaves you. Yes, Martinus. Martinus. So, right. Make sure you get it right. Martinus. Martinus. Um, so, listeners, as we record, uh, we did not mention this last month, but this is second week in February, and the anniversary of the Challenger explosion has recently come and gone. Yes, we should have mentioned that last week, but... And I believe we did mention it, though, in our Gen X episode. Our, oh, we did. That's right. That's, that's right. That's right, because it, it dropped on that day. Uh, or day after. Yeah. Yeah, it dropped on the um, day after. But as I tend to do, I, you know, these things pop around in my head, kind of like that board game where the dice are in a bubble. And oh, yeah. Put, and trouble. Put, trouble. And you push on them, and they go pop! And then the dice... So that kind of goes on in my head. Uh, for a couple of weeks, but the Challenger explosion, as we said, was one of those things that is just that watershed for us. We're young adults, we're in college, the The record of the shuttle program, at least, is just unblemished, mm-hmm. and, and it happens, and it happened live on television, and so we're all stunned, uh, and... and Franciscus here has written about it on, mm-hmm. on snakesandotters.com as well, yeah. uh-huh. uh, very, very um, poetically. Oh, well, thank you. And so that causes me to always ping back onto one of my favorite quotes, and I'm surprised I haven't done it before now, and that's, the future doesn't belong to the faint-hearted, it belongs to the brave. And that was part of President Reagan's uh, television address that night. Uh, his speechwriter Peggy Noonan, most likely, is really responsible for it, but we'll, we'll credit President Reagan with it. But uh, that is one of those things that has always been a part of my brain. And again, I've, I've talked about this a little bit in the past about being brave, um, facing the future in a, in a way that is positive. It is sees the future as a good thing, not something to dread. And that's just what this one means for me. You know, you can be faint-hearted, but guess what? You've got no future. The future belongs to the brave. So, fellas? I, I love the quote for a lot of reasons. Uh, not just because uh, it's one of those... Uh, wonderful quotes that came out of Reagan. Um, it, it's, it is one of those linchpin things mm-hmm. around his legend, I guess you'd call it, his his mystique. Mystique is yeah. is that is one of those linchpin sayings of his. Uh, Ronaldus Maximus, as he's known in these quarters. Yeah, you know, he... And like you said, maybe we, you know Peggy Noonan is really the one we should credit for most of those. But still, he takes those and he makes them his own. But um, far too many people are, and they don't realize it, are the faint-hearted. Either because probably the vast majority of them is not because they're truly afraid to do something, is that it just never even enters their mind. Mm-hmm. And whether that's because they're satisfied, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with being satisfied where you are with what you have. There, there is... Contentment's a, okay. Contentment is, in my opinion, 
the other side of the coin of joy, which are the two things that are the most important things you should aspire to as far as emotionally, especially your emotional well-being, because uh, they are entirely internal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it has nothing to do with how anybody else looks at you, how anybody else feels about you, or anything else. Those are uh, two of the, the things that that you not necessarily you can control, but you have a lot more control over than, than most people realize. But yes, contentment is absolutely fine and wonderful. It also depends on what you're content with. <laughs> yeah. But most people, I think, just don't know that things can be different. You know. People in, you know, to, to harken back to the uh, civil rights episode we did last week, people who are content are not the ones who are leading the pack and changing things. You know, they were not the ones who were out there fighting the good fight and making others realize things had to change. And it's not to say that those that were resisting change were the faint-hearted, they just maybe didn't realize things needed to change or that they could change. Uh, and that's that's probably true in, in every time and every place. Franny? Franciscus? That's right. Uh, I'm completely... You know, this is James T. Kirk. In many respects, risk is our business. Uh, we'll never get anywhere. Uh, you, you all know very much that I am against timidity. Mm-hmm. I think that is... Uh, it's anti-human in many respects. Timid, I, I understand the evolutionary need for it, of course. We have that ability to try to keep ourselves safe. But uh, there are times, you know, fortune favors the bold. That's Benjamin Sisko. There's two Star Trek quotes for the price of one, folks. But it reminds us that, damn it, we're better than this. We have the divine spark within us. We are not just animals. And with that divine spark comes both privilege and responsibility at the same time. We have to, if we are gifted with the means of learning and making things better, then we must do that. Now, that does not mean, as it's often perverted, just because we can do a thing means we should do a thing. Well, that's actually one of my quotes in my list. Now I can't use that. (laughs) Damn it, Jim. I'm sorry. I was just... I wasn't going to, but it it was one of the things I had considered. Yeah, well, we've often spoken about the difference between freedom and license. That's correct. That's right. Uh, It was, it's something that, you know, we have to find a way to apply moral principles to what we do, especially when we're being bold Mm -hmm. uh, and we're going out there. You know what? That's the thing. Uh, You say we we must apply them. I I would like to modify that. Please, please. Yeah. We must apply proper moral principles because I would because that, really that is correct that about is correct yes is what are the values that we are living out because yeah. everybody lives out whatever the most important value is at the moment right sometimes that is their generally speaking we all have a hierarchy whether we realize it or not for most of us we're a lot closer to the top of that hierarchy than we would like to admit <laughs> uh, but you know there is a hierarchy. Sometimes you sacrifice one value temporarily uh, for another so that ultimately a greater good can come about for that other. So, for instance, if I work like I did this past fall, lots of weekends, didn't get to take any time off, uh, no days off like between the end of September and Thanksgiving. Uh, I did that because the project needed to be done and I had to, get, I had to do it. So that was part of my job. But that also, hopefully will get me, I'll get something out of that. I mean, I did get some of my time back, don't get me wrong. 
which, by the way, this past Friday, it's the first Friday I have worked since thanks since the week before Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, because of all that time I worked, I didn't have any days off. Okay, with yeah. all the extra time off that I had, that I got back, plus the days that I still had to take that were my normal time off. I had quite a quite a quite a nice last couple of months, but mm-hmm. anyways, um, you know, applying the right ones in the sense that what is good and true, because mm-hmm. I think we're always applying those moral principles. The question is, we're we applying good ones, we're we applying ours, we're applying somebody else's. Well, that's right, because we can we can come up with justification for anything we want. Exactly. But yes, that's right, mm-hmm. very much so. And there are certain that's what I love cor- about you. Why cor- you talk yourself into anything? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hey, and that's a lot of people are that way, you know. Uh, and it can even be uh, John Stuart Mill, God, burn him in effigy again, it's coming. Uh, that's kind of what it's about. As long as it ain't hurting anybody, we should be able to do it. Well, that opens yourself up to a hell of a lot of morally questionable yeah. uh, right. actions. Yeah, because there are hurts and then there are hurts. Well, you know. Right. You know, it, it's use a uh, popular, I'm using the air quotes, uh, example of that is the, the, the drive that comes up every once in a while. That, you know, people make a big stink about it. Well, why is porn such a bad thing? It's not hurting anybody when it's consensual. It's like you have so misunderstood Still misunderstand the- what's going on and the effects. Mm-hmm. That even if it is consensual, which there's a lot of questions as to whether or not it really is no. on the no. part of the women involved in it. Well, uh, always, I'm sure. It's just a level of payment. Whatever yes. that is, you can get somebody to debase themselves at whatever level if you pay them enough. Yes. Well, and sometimes, you know, they're trapped in cycles of, of drugs and Yeah, addiction. once you get into it, well, that's part of the deal. Yeah, it's part of the deal. Unfortunately. Um, you know, you, I guess it goes back to that, you know, the same thing. You, you can talk yourself into anything. You can justify anything if you talk, you know, talk yourself into it. And some people not only are willing to be led like that, uh, as you were just saying, uh, Francisus, they want to be. Mm-hmm. They want someone to present that for them, uh, to tell them, yeah, this is the way it ought to be. Either because they're intellectually lazy or because they just don't know any better. And they don't know how to, to come up with direction for their lives any other way. Mm-hmm. That's, that's uh, And it's that plus, of course, there's a thousand other complicated things that go with that, too. You know, just sitting here finding it very interesting to have Francis talking about uh, timidity and bravery, and uh, he—I guess he probably is the bravest of the three of us. I mean, he's—he's no—he's no, uh, no Marcus Aurelius, but well, there's only one. <laughs> there's, only, there's only one Marcus. I mean, Aurelius. I mean, you talk about somebody who isn't timid. That's correct. Yeah. But uh, listeners, having played poker with Francis here, I can tell you, much to his detriment, he's not timid. <laughs> no. This is true. Yeah. Well, I, I despise timidity. I think it's inhuman. Uh, it's us not being the best we can be. I understand caution. Now, you know, but that's a different thing. One's there's, temperamental and one's an action. Yeah, there's a difference between caution and um, inaction based on fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not timid to not touch the hot stove. Well, that's, that's correct. Smart. That's right. Yeah. That's caution. Well, you know, an inaction may be deliberate. You right. know, and sometimes it is the right thing to do. I mean, yes. ask my wife. She'll tell me I'm the king of that. Uh, is, you know, leave it alone and it will probably solve itself. And if it doesn't, we'll deal with it. She hates that. She's very much, let's deal with this now. And sometimes she's right 
and sometimes I'm right. It's just kind of the way things go. I noticed that he didn't put it sometimes she's right and sometimes she's wrong. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because she's always right. Uh, sometimes you're just more right. Well, not even that. It's just sometimes the right answer. I'm talking about, you know, what's the right answer? Not necessarily, you know, uh, you know, my ideas versus her ideas. That's just, that's a temperamental thing. It's never going to change. That's just the way we approach something. Uh, how do we find a better way? I don't know. Oh, I thought you had, it sounded like he was. No. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like you said, it, there there's bravery and then there's betting everything in your, on the table over a pair of eights. So, well, yeah. yeah. Well, there's bravery, and then there's shorting GameStop horrendously. <laughs> well, yeah, right in the middle of something. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't even want to go there with that. Oh, but you know what? I got to say, at first I was like, oh, my God, this is all. But then I realized the circumstances around it, and it shows the idiocy of our financial system. And, and honestly, I'm having a hard time yeah. uh, feeling sorry for a bunch of hedge fund guys who can't yeah, buy their second I mean, boat this year. Yeah. Well, and it's... Yeah. I, I have a lot of those same thoughts, you know, that first off, um, I'm, I'm kind of the, you know, libertarian when it comes to the market. I don't mind, you know, I understand marketplace things, but at the same time, selling shorts is very predatory. It is. And it's like, well. You can, it, it, it has unlimited losses with yeah. a minimal uh, yeah, gain. You know, yeah. There's a maximum gain you can have, mm-hmm. but there's unlimited losses basically. Yeah, um, I mean it's it's one of those things where, yeah, okay, you can make a couple extra bucks, but is it really worth that much risk? Okay, if you feel like it is, as long as you're only, again, as long as you're risking for you. Right, but, but if you're risking, you know, a twenty billion dollar hedge fund, and you're risking a significant portion of that money, is that moral? Right, right. And so, like you said, I didn't... Where's the fiduciary responsibility? Didn't have any kind of... I'm right with the Reddit guys when it's like, well, yeah, the hedge fund people suck anyway. Right, well, and you know, the thing but is... But when they start selling off their whole funds to have to cover the losses, then that makes their actions spread out across the market. Well, I think their... it's a great way well, They're not out. the only ones hurt. Yes. Um, well, mostly, though. It really is mostly those guys because they're the ones who sold short. Now the yeah. ones that are also that are hurt that aren't the hedge fund guys are the ones who bought in too late trying to jump in on the bandwagon. Yeah, which is always dumb. Those are always the guys that are going to get hurt because they're the buy high, sell low guys. Yeah. Well, and by the time you hear about it and want it's to jump late. in on, it's too late. It's, yeah. It's the, but, the Reddit guys that thought it up are the ones that really came out ahead. Yeah, and I think one of the great things about it, and I know this, we're you know we've oh, I've overtaken this uh, code of honor with this, but. I love this because it's a bunch of guys sitting in their basement, you know, whatever. I mean, it could be a bunch of guys sitting in their mom's basement for all we know. Yeah. But it could be a bunch of guys just, you know, working regular day jobs, but they're not Wall Street guys. Right. Yeah, that's what it is. And they have exposed one of the problems with the system. And one of those problems is very much an elitist problem Mm -hmm. because this is the exact same thing that banks and other financial institutions did 12 years ago during the, the 2008 collapse when everybody else got hurt. Right. You know, they took advantage of, of the short position with the, the, the mortgages and all that other crap that yep. was, again, out of government regulation caused all of that, which people don't like to talk about. Yep. But that was primarily a government regulation caused problem. And all those hedge fund guys, they essentially did what Reddit did to them. But that was okay. 
Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I don't mind this. Because yeah, exactly. They've exposed a problem in the system. Yeah. Because, well, and, and reading about this, the professional investors call the small-scale day trader-style guys from Reddit dumb money. Right. Wow. It's a very elitist idea of, well, I'm the guy that went to Harvard Business, or I'm the guy that went to Wharton, or whatever. I know what I'm doing. You guys in your basement don't. Well, guess what? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stock market's not that difficult, boys and girls. It really isn't. No. Um, I mean, if you know what you're doing, yes, you can make money as a as a small scale trader. You can. Now, granted, you do need to educate yourself. Yeah. But and, you don't and, have to go to Harvard. And maybe you won't make hundreds of millions and have a house in the Hamptons, but you can make an extra little bit of bonus right. money for your family. And you're that doing way. it on an honest trade. Yeah. Meaning you've bought low, you've sold high. Yeah. As opposed to making your hundreds of millions taking fees off the people who are buying yeah. and selling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or on the short. Or on the short. Doing yeah. this short. Yeah, because like I said, it, it's astounding that somebody thought of the whole idea of selling short. Yeah. But it, it shows the creative genius when you start talking about economics and money. And that I, that I appreciate. But it, it does feel, you know, very predatory. It is. I, I think it is. Just the whole concept of you borrow somebody's stock so that you can sell it. Yeah, immediately dump it and sit around and wait and see what happens with the price. Yeah, that's just... That just sounds stupid. Okay, so sorry. I, I just I just thought that was worthy of bringing up because there's a lot of good stuff in there. Because you can tie that back into Francis's quote. Yep. You know, life's not fair, mm -hmm. and maybe that's a good thing. That's right. So, anyways, what are we drinking today, gentlemen? Well, uh, here we are back at uh, Studio R. Yep. We're in the atrium, the very fine atrium, and so we are we are into Roberta's stash. He had has quite the stash and I'm doing the four roses out of your stash. Got a little four roses neat here. I think that's going to be the next one because I'm just about done with my uh, Woodford Double Oaked. Uh, got the last uh, few drinks here. And we've talked about them so much. If you don't know what they are, shame on you. Yeah, we won't go into a taste test like we're doing new ones. Yeah. Francis, what have you done? Uh, it's always neat with me. Uh, I have repented of even ice these days. Uh, the, the maple bourbon. The, the Knob Creek Maple. Uh, I'm happy to uh, avail myself. The breakfast myself. bourbon. Yes, I'm like happy to avail myself of that whenever <laughs> we're over here at Studio R because it is a... It is, it is a it is a nice change of pace. It really well, is. Well, I mean, I don't have it at home, so, you know, uh, at least when we're here, I can yeah. uh, I can go with that. Yeah. So, Robert, we've got Ronald Reagan and Oscar Wilde. What have you got? All right, so let's set the stage. So... Uh, Martin, your quote was, uh, the future doesn't belong to the faint hearted. It belongs to the brave. And yours, Francis was Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde. Uh, you, well, I said, I don't have it. Life me. is not fair. And it's a good thing. And it's a good thing, basically. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a good thing for most of us. So <clears throat> my job listeners is to tie those together and hammer home our philosophical points with my quote. Sometimes that's a little bit more difficult. The pointless uh, discussion of eternal questions, as it were. Yes, the pointless discussion of eternal questions. Uh, this time, not really, because those two quotes, they really they fit well together already. Yeah. They really did. Uh, I think that was uh, serendipitous on, on your parts. Uh, so mine is a Herman Melville quote. 
Ooh. So getting very literary today. Yeah, romantic, right? I don't yeah. think we've done that. Love before. Melville. Love Melville. Call me Ishmael, the whole meal. Yeah, yeah. It's it's great stuff. It is. So this one is it is better to fail in originality than to succeed in imitation. Ooh. Wow. I love great that. Great quote. Uh, love that's it. that's that's as deep as the Marianas trench right there. <laughs> that's saying something, man. So I, I, I like this it just in general. Because it, it's, it really speaks to, I think, essentially, um, one, what it, as Francis would like to say, what it means to be human. To be fully, or as I like to call, talk about, being fully human. If you're fully human. Yeah. Fully human. Uh, you know, it also speaks to me and, and you know, my, my, my favorite, that, that dignity of the human person uh, as well. Because I think there's nothing so much as dignified as being fully yourself uh, and, and especially because I because that there's nothing more original because we are all unique now we all have similarities <laughs> but ultimately we are all unique we're all individuals uh, I'm, I'm not, not. <laughs> that's right um, but I think it's about the eighth or ninth time in the episodes we've done that joke yeah I know but it's such uh, a good one well it is I mean it's Monty Python Life of Brian surely that I don't have to do that I know you all hate it when I give these citations but Surely somebody doesn't let, know what that let is. Let the pop culture references just flow, Brian. I know, I, I can't. Just let them flow, I try. Brother. I really try. Sister, sibling? You, you, sibling? Don't, you don't have to prove that we know where we got them. We're the ones saying them. I, well, I suppose. I'm, let, let the users just, I'm the working. listeners just absorb them and then... That's right. Where did those guys get that? It'll make you explore life. It'll make you be brave. That's right. And explore the world. Now, and maybe they won't be quite as original because they'll keep because they'll like the quote so much and they'll use it, but that's yeah, okay. That's okay. Um, but part about failing at being original is better than succeeding in imitation, and that is that speaks to me in so many ways because it's it says that you are striking out on your own path. You're yep. doing yep. what is important to you. Now, this all presupposes as anything that I will will put out there like this. That you're doing it in a, in a right and good way, you know that you're not you're not the you know trying to be the best axe murderer you can. <laughs> you know it's not that sort. It's of not thing. about Dexter, it, right? It's not about Dexter. Although he was pretty good, I I, gotta, I really did like that show. Uh, oh, did you hear they're they're doing a uh, not a remake, but they're doing a follow on because Tons everybody hated the the ending. Oh, wow. Dexter. That's unusual because there's been lots of folks that hate lots of endings. Yes. Uh, Game of Thrones was one, Battlestar Galactic is another, and they actually have somebody listen and do that. Yeah, so they're going to. That's unusual. Do a follow up. Well, there's so many outlets for content now. Yeah. You're yeah. bound to find somebody that's willing to put the money in. Exactly. Well, I mean, because there's no new uh, original ideas. I mean, hey. There haven't been any original ideas in a long time, but if how the you Snyder express cut, them is the thing. Yeah, if the Snyder Cut could happen, folks, anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. You all know I'm a Justice League fan. Oh, uh, that's a good point. It's well, only been talked about since before the thing was released. Well, yeah, and, uh, you know, it happened. They actually ponied up the money to make it happen. Uh, um, hey, I, I'm, I'm for it because I don't like... So Justice then you're all for George Lucas tinkering with the Star Wars movies? Oh, absolutely. Oh, you mean? Well, I'm not. I'm talking about taking the original and remaking the special effects. You know that. Well, that right, that's yeah, what George Lucas. That's did. what I'm, I'm making sure yeah. we talk about the same thing. Yeah. Absolutely, I'm for that. Okay. I'm also for the fact that 
Star Trek did the same thing with the original series. Completely yeah. redid yes. all that stuff to make it more palatable. Especially the space it. stuff, especially. Exactly, that's right. And it, it's an enormous improvement. So yes, uh, uh, that's one of those areas right, where... As long as you're not in favor of hand shooting first. No. Or I no. mean, uh, Greedo shooting first. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not in favor. Hand shot first. Hand shot first. Absolutely. That's right. And, and, and as, far as, I, as far as I'm concerned, there was never any scene with Jabba the Hutt around the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> okay? I just had that discussion with somebody it's the other like, day. It's <laughs> like, this is the dumbest scene of practically any of these movies. Why is this... Well, this, this is why you, you have why editors. You yes. ha- you, this is why you have editors. Be happy with what the editor did. Leave that one on the floor. It makes It's just much better... But did, you know what? Didn't need that. Yeah, you don't is. need it. But I will say this: it was kind of nifty because, especially how they got around how you know Jabba being a slug and the original scene being shot with a human being, um, and it also it sets up some of the stuff that happens later. So I can see why he added it back in individually for that movie. No, it's not necessary. No, and, and it just it just repeats what Greedo said to him. Right. So there, that was failing. Uh, it, that was definitely failing. The originality definitely failed because even though that scene had not been there before, it was repeating. So it both failed in its originality and in the imitation, yep. in the repeat. So failing is better to fail in originality. I, I love that because it implies you're being bold, yeah. that you are taking chances. And that, as and I said, is a great thing. You believe it. You're bringing passion to it. Yes. And, of course, I've talked about this lots of times. These guys here have got lots of stuff they're passionate about. I'm finding a passion in this, in the podcast, and absolutely. As long as we're passionate and we give everything to it, if it fails, it fails. But we, I felt like we were original and different and passionate, and hopefully that'll be enough to take it somewhere. I mean, it's taken us to 90 episodes, and we don't have any plans to quit. Right. Right. Oh, hell, we've got a year and a half planned, and we're keeping adding all the time. Actually, we've got, uh, yeah, almost two years planned Yeah, at this right. point. Yeah, and I've got another... There, there's fertility for you guys. Yeah, I've got another couple of episodes popping around in my head that I need to talk to you guys about adding to the schedule. So. Right. So, that, that is, that's a wonderful thing. Now, the succeeding in imitation, we were, we, that's kind of the other side of what we were talking about earlier as well. And that's those who would rather be led as opposed to realizing something can change and far too many are successful in that and successful in the sense that they settle and that to me is what this quote says it's that i'm unwilling to settle for my current circumstances that it, they can be better or if you want to go the non-selfish sounding route mm-hmm. that i can have an impact on my self, my family, my community, society at large. Those are just as important, maybe, probably, more important than any of the, the other reasons we could come up yeah. with for doing something, for being passionate about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you said you're passionate about the podcast, but that's partially also, not just because it's fun, but because we're putting something good out there, mm-hmm. we believe. Yeah, and that maybe it will have an impact, get people to think about things. Mm-hmm. We're looking to have an impact on others. If we wanted to be just another podcast, we could sit around and talk about sports 
or politics or anything else. <laughs> true crime. And true crime. I mean, not that they're or doing a season on this or a season on that. We're not a deep space franchise, folks. We mean something. Exactly. Us. The line must be drawn here, this far, and no further. Yes, Patrick Stewart makes another appearance. Uh, actually, that was Quark. Oh, that's true. You're, 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 yes, is that the Quark version? Yeah, that's it's the Quark version. Well, it's the same words, but yeah, yeah that's it's, right. Uh-huh. It's Quark doing it. Since he did the Deep Space Nine, uh, oh, okay, well, see. I got to put some ears on your ears. That's right. Yeah, I got to do it. Yeah, to do that. Yeah. Put your hands behind your ears to look like uh, yeah. look like uh, Quark. Right, and so you know, I think this also ties well with the uh, you know life not being fair, because if life were fair, well, one, how do you even define fair? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because circumstances and abilities are always going to be different. Drive and motivation are always going to be different. Uh, Resources available to you are always going to be different. So therefore, your starting point is always going to be There's no way to guarantee an outcome that is the same. So what point in this do you pick to be fair? Except, perhaps, the opportunity to do something. now, you can certainly make fair a level playing field, meaning you don't favor one group over another. Right. That, you know, the law is uh, colorblind as well as, you know, blind in general to whatever your particular circumstances are, where, whatever your starting point is. Uh, those are important. But, um, you know, life is not fair in that sense, but... The best part about things, about this quote as far as relating to life not being fair, is that it's okay because we realize we can fail. And we realize that failing is okay as long as we tried. Because we're not looking for life to be fair. And we're not looking for any of those things that we think ought to happen. For at least us, I think, we want the opportunity to try. The opportunity to try to apply our passion and see where we can go, and be original. Right. Be original. Be you. Be us. And you know, be maybe snakes we fail. Yeah. Maybe we, we end up having to shut this thing down in, in a year because you know, our wives are tired of us getting together once a month and <laughs> recording episodes. I don't know. Um, but maybe you know we just get yeah. tired. You know, whatever. But we tried, and that is far better. Than just sitting at home, no offense to you, watching football all day on Saturday and Sunday. I just um, watch all day on Sunday. Oh, I thought you. I thought you did a lot of college. I don't ball do a lot of college ball. No. Okay. okay. Just a little, occasionally. Okay. But, well, uh, I'm but yeah, uh, um, Red Zone Channel is is the bomb at our house. We do like our Red Zone Channel on Sunday. But you do things besides that. Yes. And that's great. Now, if life were fair to our detriment. <clears throat> Um, and, I, I, and I do mean that. If life were fair, it would be to our detriment because we are right. fairly uh, fairly well off uh, compared to a lot of folks. Yeah. Certainly outside of this country. Almost everybody's well off compared to yeah. uh, certain places. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I recognize that sometimes that fairness doesn't exist. But to me, that's part of the reason that we do go forward with this. Why you want to be bold. Yeah. Why you want to be original, even if you fail at the endeavor. Because I think that only by being bold and taking those chances, taking advantage of the fact that you, you know, the life isn't fair, that we have more than uh, others, maybe we do something good with it. 
You know, maybe we can help others. We can help their circumstance. I mean, that's part and parcel of what our vocation is as human beings, much less as deacons, mm -hmm. is to make things better for others. And you do that in a lot of different ways, whether it's preaching and teaching, serving in the soup kitchen, uh, or just making people think. Being there when they need you. And a good deal of that is just that. Yeah, Being the gift of presence. Yep. -E Ministry of presence is a huge, huge deal. And anybody can do that. Yes. In fact, people will not remember a damn thing you say when you show up, but they, they will remember, remember that, that you showed up. up. That's correct. Yep. yep. So the future belongs to snakes and otters. Absolutely. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So we've already talked about, we, we, we'll eventually have our, our retail clothing line. Yep. Um, which was some of which we're wearing right some now. Some of which we are wearing right now. We have our snakes and otters swag on. By the way, um, when when will the wife be getting her her swag? Oh yes, that's something I need to to, to discuss with you guys. Uh, off off the air. Off air. Uh, yeah, because doing one is difficult. So we want to see if there are like Mrs. Francis maybe hint hint. Uh, uh, okay. Or okay. perhaps the youngins or something. And that's fine. Because uh, she asked about it the other day, so I wanted to, to know. Because, you know, like I said, we do have swag. We, we do want to make it is It is on I, the radar. I do know yeah. several folks have asked me about coffee mugs. There's, right, there, Cafe there's, Press. We need we, to, yeah, to, that, that is, uh, that's, I have I had requests if, uh, for that. Yeah, yes. I wonder if we can, uh, maybe we can do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once you got that's the logo. That's the next thing to look at. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, we'll have merchandise. We'll have uh, coffee mugs, uh, mm -hmm. note pads, maybe uh, pens, uh, vanity pens. Vanity plates, we'll have some of those made, maybe. Oh, well, yeah, that's not a bad car, idea. Yeah. yeah. You know, then we're going to get into the, uh, the, the, the publishing realm. We already talked about we'll have a Snakes and Otters publishing house. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe one day we'll have a Snakes and Otters uh, news channel. I, I sense incorporation. Oh yeah, uh, in our future. Oh, I, I think so. Yeah. We'll I mean, the shame to. of that is we'll probably have to bring in lawyers. Yeah. <sighs> Unfortunately, That's no right. offense to the lawyers out there. I was going to say we possibly have lawyers listening to us, so you know, perhaps yeah. they'll perhaps they'll pro bono us. You never know. Well, you know, like I said, we we uh, there's possibilities. Right. Um, that's a Kirk, you know. I like to think there are always there are possibilities. Always possibilities. Uh, that's Spock, actually. Oh, Spock. Yes, yes that's right. Let's, let's, get, it, let's yeah. get it right, boys. I like to think there are always possibilities. That's right. So, uh, you know, where there's sponsorships here. Uh, in case right. you're listening, we are using a Yeti microphone and a Hewlett Packard computer to, to make this happen. So we're, we're happy to be sponsored by that's HP. Right. I mean, uh, that has a good ring to it, Snakes and Otters. Presented by Hewlett Packard. That's right. You know, we're all, always willing to to uh, take on sponsorship of one of the local breweries uh, uh, or distilleries. Or distilleries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, prominently and often feature their particular libation. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Show. That mm -hmm. sounds correct. Uh, you know, not so to we, say we we're want to be really little. Uh, well, it's just a way of putting the putting the tentacles everywhere. That's right. It is because. You know, one day when we are ruling the world as benevolent dictators, <laughs> we'd like to think that. We have done good for the people. Hail Hydra, dare I say? Hail Snakes and Otters. Okay, let's A vast, rampant cuttlefish of dominion. <laughs> that is Snakes and Otters, as, as yeah. PJ O'Rourke would put it. Yeah. Well, fellas, that was good. That was that was a very fun uh, um, code of honor. That was almost a hoopajoop with as many things as we talked about. Yeah, yeah. Well, they but always are. We always we, go we, far afield. You know, we're gonna we're gonna work on that whole just let the pop culture flow. 
Just let the references flow. I can't. I'm trying. I just can't. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to repent. I'm trying to learn to be All better. Right. Well, you know, you're it. still you're still our our partner, man. Of course. You know, even though I gave you some some grief yeah, about your correct. card playing style. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't touched card playing in so long. Uh, yeah, we, we, we really we should do a Snakes and Otters card night soon. Yes, we Absolutely. need to. We need a couple more hands at the table. And, yeah, yeah. I've got plenty of room now. At, uh, yeah, you do. Yeah, I've got the nice bar there for Studio M. It'll work. It'll work really yeah, nice. Yeah, you know, the atrium, we'd have to clean out a few pieces of furniture that are in here, but we could, we could, we could play cards in the atrium. To be done. Yeah. Yeah. To be done. Yeah. Francis, buddy, what is for next time? You guys are indulging me next time. Uh, because uh, yeah, we are. More so than usual. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we're talking about our heroes. I had to fight to put this one in here. One of the things I've always noticed of late is we're always fairly contemporaneous in who we talk about. And for the heroes, uh, it's not always the case. Our first one, Thomas More, was way back. Uh, we're gonna. Yeah. Um, we're he going was kind to, of the exception, though. Well, he, uh, correct. That's right. Fair. I mean, <clears> and I wanted to talk about somebody that I think does not get enough play and a left love i've been reading a lot about him lately that's louis the 14th of france and i'm thinking, thinking really what what do you have to say what's so heroic about him i said well he's a complicated figure uh, he's very complicated very divisive at times but he was a tremendous leader he reigned longer than any european monarch ever and there's lots that come with that i don't know that that's an accomplishment just not dying Perhaps <laughs> we're going to talk about him, and I know that these gentlemen will probably shoot arrows at me, but I'm a, I'm a Louis I'm fan. I'm willing to give him his props where he's done well, but I'm also willing to, to you know... Well, I'll call him out where he does wrong, uh, absolutely. Uh, the fortunate is he's well documented, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot we can talk about. And listeners, I suspect you don't know him well. We're going to try to remedy that next time, though, so don't miss it. Hope you enjoyed another pointless discussion of eternal questions. Remember, new episodes publish every Friday at noon Eastern. Spread the word. We're on all the major podcast platforms. And leave us a comment or review because that helps others find us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, as well as our website, snakesandotters.com. I'm Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Join us next week, same snake time, same otter channel.